A lot of people's businesses promises have changed over the last few years because things are different. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't aligned your services and your products properly, and you haven't changed your processes properly, those are the ones that you need to kind of go back and just maybe assess and address. Have I got a treat for you entrepreneurs today. In this episode, we're going to be making conversations with ourselves count. It's all about the stories we tell ourselves. Often those conversations in quiet moments with ourselves can send us in the wrong direction. So I am absolutely thrilled that this conversation is jam-packed full of advice for us small business owners and really anybody who wants to succeed in business. Listen out for Pete's five P's and his four A's. They've got a real sing to them. So entrepreneurs, is it all about the money? Let's get into this episode. We're making conversations about ourselves count. What are the conversations with myself versus what's the clarity that I need to exude to my team as I'm going to be placing in my team? You know, because a lot of times there's, we're having conversations with ourselves and it's all this and that and that and trying to pull out the clarity that we need for our business and understanding how it relates back to our lives. Because we didn't get into business just to run a business. We got into business because we thought it was going to create a better life for our, for ourselves, right? And our families yes, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And so it's like, hmm, what are these conversations that we're having with ourselves and how do we get clarity on them so that we can move ahead? And how do we move ahead once we do have the clarity? Where do they start with you then? Because they must have just had that question of how am I going to do this on yeah. my own? They're at some sort of ceiling, right? This particular person is at a ceiling of saying, do I actually want to take this and become more than just me and a part-time person and, and do this? Other people might be three, five, 10 years down the road and saying, you know, and a lot of my clients have already kind of, they're already doing okay money-wise and they're, they're looking for other freedoms essentially. And the freedoms typically are, I want my time back is the biggest one. I, I'd like to be able to go away for a couple of weeks without having to worry. I want to have better relationships with my family, my friends, my, cause I've given that up in order to build my business. Now that I have more money. I want some of that back. And so some of these kind of sort of, I call it turning frustrations into freedoms. It's like, so how do we set your business up with these frustrations that you're currently having, whatever they may be, so that we can free you up as a business owner and use the five P's to do that. And the five P's that I often talk and coach about are understanding your promise and aligning your product, your process, and your people to it so that you can have the right amount of profit. When you have the right amount of profit, that's when freedom comes because you can actually start deciding what you want to do with that. And that's usually where most of my clients are. They are starting to see nice amount of profit and they're saying, well, there's more to life than just working 50, 60, 70 hours a week to get that profit. Cause I thought I had to do that for the, you know, to get my business going. But now that the business is going, what am I going to do with that? And how to navigate through that, understanding what you want and moving that ball so that you can sort of have a turnkey business is uh, typically where I'm spending most of my time with my clients. 
there are two things that spring to mind. One, nobody's going to do it like me. And two, what? if they were going to do it like me, why wouldn't they just start a business? Why would they want to come and work for me? So how do you imbibe that relationship with bringing others on to help you even when they don't do it the same way as you? Depends on on sort of what you're looking for for freedom. And I think the idea is, I mean, if you're a lawyer, if you're an accountant, there's only so many hours in a day, right? And there's only so many papers that you can sign or spreadsheets that you can open. You know, when you're conflicted into sort of this idea of there's only X amount of hours and I can only generate X amount of dollars from that, then there really only is one option, which is raise your prices and and you start pawning off the lower end stuff if that's what you truly want to do. But if the idea is, and if that's if they're trying to, if you're trying to maximize profit, but most entrepreneurs get to a point where it's just not about the profit anymore. So, and when I look at profit in a variety of different ways, I look at profit as, am I healthy? I will pay good sums of money so that I retain my health because without my health, I have nothing mentally and physically. Without that physical and mental health, I don't even have a business. So that's rated pretty high on my scale of profitability. And then, you know, after my health, if I'm feeling healthy, I can't even manage my relationships if I'm not healthy. Next one is relationships. How, how important is my marriage, my family, my kids, my parents, my friends, my all those personal relationships and business relationships, you know? But then, and you get into your mission. What is it that you want out of your business? What you got into business for a reason. So what part of that is the mission portion? And then you're looking at all these different things around, you know, your health, your wealth, you know, all of those things as part of the profit equation. But, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff and full clarity and understanding of that kind of thing is where we take it. And a lot of people have sort of lost sight of that and have lost sight of sort of some of the reasons because they've just been so focused and we get habitualized into doing things everybody does and so it's like let's step back and take a, a a sort of a overview of it as we move from being the manager of just how many spreadsheets can i get done or how many sales can i make or whatever you know as far as that management type as atmosphere and flip into the owner box of the business and really as the owner determine what it is you want out of the business so that you can make that happen moving ahead, as opposed to just being sort of in the weeds of management. It's that alignment and happiness that we all want, isn't it? And I can only speak as an entrepreneur. Yes, I have people that help me, but essentially there are, it's just me. I know myself that I, my main frustration is always around having to spend such a lot of time to make the business happen so that I can be doing the thing that makes me the happiest, which is why I set up the business. And I think there's possibly quite a lot of listeners that will go, do you know what, Wendy? I know exactly what you mean. It's not always very clear how to make that next step work for you. What would your advice be, Pete? My advice on how to make the next step work? Yeah. If if you if you're spending I mean, I know we have the Pareto law, don't we, of having to do sure. things 80-20. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to be doing what I'm good at 80% of the time and only twenty yeah. percent of the time to sort of feed that. Right. 
yet it tends to be in reverse. Yeah. So it's how do you how do you flip that? What steps can you say are the simplest? I generally when I start working with my clients, I have all sorts of different frameworks, right? And I I just I love I mean, the name of my business is Simplifying Entrepreneurship. I love to put things in simple frameworks that make sense so you can strategically think about things. And the one I would use in this case is called Love It or Leave It. And the idea here is that you should be working, like you said, sort of in your love it zone the most of the time, as opposed to in your leave it zone most of the time. And how can we take the 5P framework and structure with clarity, uh, understanding the promise of what needs to be done for you and your clients and align the products, the process, and the people to that. And when we start doing that, it really starts with what are you doing every day? What are you either, you love it and you're good at it. You love it and you're not good at it. You're not good at it, but you love it and you're not good at it and you don't love it. So you've got four sort of boxes and you know, you want to be in your love it and good at it zone as much as you possibly can. So with full understanding of all of the things you do, and by the way, I do this not only for work, but for home as well. Because it's a little bit like an icky guy to me, doesn't it? You know, as entrepreneurs, our home lives and our business lives do tend to sort of yin and yang together. So you, you kind of lay out all of the things that you do at home, all of the things that you do at work. You know, I take out the garbage. I you know, I do all these things. I clean the bathrooms, I cook the meals, you know, and then you go to work and you're like, oh, I do the marketing and I do the finance and I do this and this and this. You lay all this stuff out and you're like, okay, well, there's there's only kind of like we went back to, there's only 24 hours in a day. I can only do so much. So what am I going to start to parse off? Well, you're going to try and start to parse off that lower box, which is the stuff you're really not good at and the stuff that you don't like doing. And, you know, that's the low hanging fruit. And how do you do that? Well, basically, you're, you're going to outsource that. And whether you outsource it to somebody on your team, if you have a team, or whether you outsource it to somebody else who is outside of your organization, but they can do that work for you, like say a marketing company or a bookkeeper or whatever the case is, or a house cleaner, and or you are going to assign it to an automation because there's a lot of automations now that can save you a ton of time too. And whether it's Zapier or whether it's a tool like Calendly that helps you book calendar appointments and saves you all kinds of time. I mean, there's all sorts of different things, but thinking about all of those things that you really don't like doing, you know, I love having conversations with people. So this is my love it zone. I love to talk business. I love to, you know, talk with entrepreneurs. And so I get amped about it and I feel as though, and this is when you know you're in your love it zone. When after you've finished whatever the hour that you've had with somebody or or that section of your day, when you feel actually even more energized by doing that than drained. And if you're feeling drained after that last hour or the last section of your day, it's probably not your love it zone. So that's sort of the the barometer that you can use to sort of pick up the stuff. It's like, hmm, maybe I don't love this as much as I do. And how am I going to, over the next week, year, two years, five years, set myself up to be rid of this portion of my job so that I can start living in my love it zone even more? You deserve that as the entrepreneur. That's why you're in business. Exactly. And when you're when you say outsourcing, it's something that that I've done for about seventeen years, and I actually switched up 
calling them my suppliers or yeah. my contractors or yeah. you know my outsource they because you pick people so it's your team for sure you know even if it's an hour a week you're playing for the same side that, for sure that's the key thing you know that five p structure that we briefly talked about the fourth is people right you've got your promise your product your process and your people and absolutely do I consider. So here's how I break down people. Your ideal client, which I'm sure you've probably chatted about. Your ideal team members and all of those outsource partners, your whole, like in, we own shoe stores here in Canada. So, you know, I, I consider my suppliers, you know, all the different suppliers of, our, of, of the product that we have in our store, part of my team. So all of those people that help deliver your promise, which is where it all starts, that first P, if they help you deliver your promise, they're part of your team, whether they're an outsourced supplier, whether they're, you know, a part of your actual business every day, whatever the case is, they're all part of that sphere of influence of people that deliver that promise to your clients. And from that perspective, you know, un the understanding, the clarity and the conversations that you have amongst all of those people is the culture of your business. It's your core value, isn't it? I love your five P's. I've got four R's and it's, it's just to make it easy to remember how to exactly. do the steps. Yeah. yeah. And when you can go, oh, that makes sense. It's about noticing, isn't it? Those triggers that you have that say, I'm not in my love it zone. And I wonder how many are scratching their head now going, look, look back over the last two weeks and tell me how much of that time you loved. Then look at what's coming in the next two weeks. Is the stuff that you could just bin off? I bet there is. Because then you could fill it with more love it, couldn't you? That's the goal. I mean, and does everything happen? In a week or three days or, th or, or 90 days? No, it doesn't. But if you don't start these things and you don't give them some ample thought and you don't actually start planning around how to align this stuff, you're just going to continue on like you're continuing on. And I think that's unfortunate for a lot of people because, you know, winding back, I always like to wind back to when you, when you bought your business or when you started your business or all of those kind of things, you kind of wind back to that and you're like, why did you do that? Why didn't you just go to work for somebody else? Well, the reason is, is because you had certain freedoms in your head and mind that business ownership could do for you. And if you're not experiencing those, then there's some work to do. And there's some of the setup that you need to do and you need to have some crucial conversations and you need, you know, not only with your team, but with yourself. It's this idea of what is it you truly want so that we build the business because you shouldn't be there to have to prop up your business every minute of the day. The business should be designed and structured so that it's propping up you most of the time. And do I get mired, you know, and drawn back into my shoe stores? Yeah, I was on the floor yesterday, you know, working in our shoe stores yesterday because you know, three levels down from me, I'm three, three sort of levels away from when I have to work the floor, but circumstances happen. People are on vacation. People are sick. Pe you know, things happen. And as a business owner, you should be available to inject wherever needed. That's your job. But if you're always the person that has to open the door and close the door and make every decision, then that's a problem. 
We've talked about promise. Yeah. We've touched on, I mean, everybody's products and services are going to be different. And, the, and, and as individuals, we know what those things are and how they can help people. And we've touched on people a little. Processes. I love processes. I, I can geek out on processes and only recently discovered Zapier if I could only get it to do what I want it to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to find it. You need to outsource that to get, uh, yeah, get somebody else and they can it. do it for you. Yeah. What processes, you know, are there sort of a handful of processes that you could say quickly here's what you need to be doing in this area, this area, or this area that would really free up your time or help you be able to see the wood from the, from the trees. Well, I've got another little framework. You and I both like our R's and C's and P's and stuff like that. I've got another one for accountability and it's called the four A's. Assess it, address it, align it, and assign it. Assess it, address it, align it, and assign it. And when you think of process, whatever that process is, doesn't matter. Like I'll, I'll use our shoe stores, for example. Receiving would be a process. How do we receive? You know, it, it's FedEx drops it off at the door. Then what? Well, we have to assess what happens. Where is it now? And where does it need to go? We have to address it in the case of saying, okay, well, does that align with all of the different things that we have in place? Where is it going to go? all of that other stuff. We have to align it. And how does that fit into the alignment of the accountability chart that we have? In other words, who's going to do it? And then we have to assign it to that person who's going to take the box, receive it, you know, price it, put it out, all that other stuff. So, you know, when you're thinking of any process, assess it basically means, is it the right process? Address it means, if it isn't the right process, how does it need to change? Align it is, where does it fit on our accountability chart within the organization? And assign it means who is actually going to do this. Just small steps, but gosh, can save you a lot of time. And if you don't think of each one of those, if one of those areas is missed, then these are the gray areas that cause frustration for most management and most owners, right? These are the gray areas. If you've ever kind of thought to yourself, you know what, we've been doing this for a long time. Why does that person not know how to do this properly? Yeah, who's well, probably show them. your process is wrong. <laughs> yes, yeah. It, it It's interesting, isn't it, that it doesn't matter how you boil it down, there are steps. We take a lot of it for granted, don't we, mm -hmm. Pete? That's the problem. Whenever we're kind of doing these sort of things, it's like, let's get at what I, you know, these different sheets and just map it out a little bit. And I don't do it for small things. I just do it kind of in my head. But if it's a little bit of a bigger one, it's like, let's get out this framework run it through, get our strategic thinking in line, and that way we can move ahead. Because it takes five minutes, depending on the sheet, or 25 minutes, or if it's a bigger project, maybe maybe an hour to really strategically map out something so that we can actually assess it, address it, align it, and assign it. And then I can be free of it, right? As the As the leader of the business, I can be like, okay, we've assessed it, we've talked about it, we've addressed it, which means we need to make all those changes We've aligned it into where it fits. Does it still align into our accountability chart? Does it align into the promise? Is it still delivering the promise? This process doesn't even need to be here anymore, right? Mm. And then we say, okay, all of these things work. This is the new procedure in place. Who owns it, right? And when I transfer ownership. and accountability I piece, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are they account able, which is accountability, right? 
do they have everything they need and are they able to make the decision without me? I'll flip it back to my shoe stores again. If somebody comes back because they, I don't know, a, a heel broke off a pair of shoes after the second time they, they wore it. Well, that's an obvious return, right? So they come through the door unhappy with this fact that their heel broke off. So what's the process there? If, if that person doesn't get sort of an immediate response to their questions and, and be happily dealt with at that time, and you need to bring in five other people to deal with this thing because your accountability's, you know, five levels up in order to get this person's pair of shoes either returned or their money returned back to them to make them happy and give them what we call it, Shootopia, that feel good or look good and feel fantastic feeling, then we haven't served the client right. And that's my duty as the owner of the business to make sure that that person can be dealt with, with the proper procedures and the proper process. And that's that people too. When you add that people portion in, right? You've got your client and you've got your team understanding what their accountabilities are in order to fulfill your promise at the lowest level possible. That's when procedures and, and all of those same process comes into place. Because if that process isn't clear and communicated properly, you're team member doesn't know what to do. They feel kind of weird about it. Your client's unhappy. It's like, it's not, it's not a good thing. You've also got that emotional element, haven't you? Because when you're unhappy, you're looking for a reason to be even more unhappy, aren't you? Mm. Really? Because you're going to see what you can get out of this situation because I shouldn't be here in the first place. So yeah, it's it then does come down to a lot of allowing people the the knowledge in terms of what do you do when somebody's unhappy and maybe they're raising their voice or you know they're having a tantrum in the shop or you know what whatever it is that you can remain calm and pleasant that's also a very very difficult thing to in, imbue in, in the inexperienced. So if you've got Saturday staff, that would be, you know, my first worry or concern would be, would they know what to do with it? They probably won't their first time. And that's okay. Yeah. But the idea is that through, if it's a Saturday person, through, through X amount of Saturdays that they'll have seen and witnessed and read and understand the process to the point where they can take it over because nobody's going to know everything right off the bat. But if you don't have it laid out with process and you don't have accountabilities laid out, then they're always going to come to you or they're always going to come to the manager or they're always going to come to somebody else to help make that decision. And that's a stopping point for a lot of your clients and an unhappy point for a lot of their clients because they just want to be dealt with. And it doesn't matter whether it's a shoe return or whether it's a a leaky roof or whether it's your car repair or what. It doesn't matter. Everybody in any of their businesses, you always have times where things don't go maybe the way they should. So one of the processes is how do you do that? And and communication of that through the leadership of the organization is really important. And that's just one example. I mean, how do you do your book work? How do you hire and fire? How do you do your marketing? How do you like all of these things need process? And and you know, depending on the level of process that's needing, some of it's very detailed process. If it's a manufacturing sort of it needs to be done in a very specific way. And others a little bit more open process with the understanding of the pro- of the promise. So that's this idea from a communication standpoint of the leadership is that you're always you always have to be communicating what the promise is so that everybody on your on your team 
understands that they're making a decision that might not be procedurally in a book based on this is, I know this to be our promise. And in my best sort of situation right now, this is what I'm going to do, understanding that I need to fulfill that promise for, for not only for our client, but for our culture at our workplace, right? It's when the job needs to be done, isn't it? You, yeah. you, you, if you're given the responsibility of doing the job, and like talking about the the Saturday girl or, or the Saturday boy, yeah. the first time you do anything, it just sort of made me smile. And I, I actually sort of made a little note. The first time you pick up the phone, which is sort of my bag, or really don't like to do it, even when you're shown how to do it. And it's like anything, it's muscle memory, isn't it? You have to True. do it over and over and over and thing, things get easier. And you can only liken it to the things that you have, have learned as a child growing up into adulthood that athletes were not born doing, you know, not to 10 seconds, 100 meters, you know, from, right. from the cradle. So, yeah, we have to kind of remind ourselves that we're not sort of superhuman as well. <laughs> and I'm glad we're not. <laughs> I would make for, a, make for a different kind of environment, wouldn't it? Definitely. Yes. I know one of uh, my coaches along the way, his name is Dan Sullivan uh, from Strategic Coach. And Dan just recently wrote one of his small books. And uh, I think it's called We Are Not Computers. And, and there's, it's, it's a good thing that we're not, you know? Yes. Uh, I've got a little book that my eldest daughter bought my husband it's on my shelf and it's 101 things to do when you're not on your phone. There you go. And it's a similar sort of thing, isn't it? You know, is that we can, we can get lost and in a trap and a maze of the things, the trappings that we set ourselves up with. And I think that's the same in business, isn't it? Is that, you know, I've certainly recently having moved house, shed an awful lot of layers personally. And then setting up my office again, there was lots of stuff that I really didn't need, you know, so the, the, and the trappings. And then you, you want to get into a rhythm of something and you find yourself going, why am I doing this when I could be doing something else? So it's always good and pertinent, no matter where you are and at what stage you're at, to strip things back. For sure. And to, 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 like you say, Pete, simplify your entrepreneurship so that you can get back to that. Why am I doing this? Yeah. And I think we did sort of skip over that product side of things, that P, but you should be doing that with your products and services too. You know, when you said you're cleaning house a little bit, well, sometimes, especially you've been in business for a while, sometimes the legacy products that you just have because you have them and it's always been the way are actually need to depart. Yes. They need to leave. And, you know, a lot of uh, business owners are hesitant on doing that. But a lot of times, the some of the legacy stuff tends to hold you back from moving ahead in the direction that you need to go. And so whether you're recrafting your promise a little bit, tweaking your promise a little bit, sometimes we need to kind of reset understanding what that promise is. And a lot of people's promises, businesses' promises have changed over the last few years because things are different. And if you haven't aligned your services and your products properly, and you haven't changed your processes properly, those are the ones that you need to kind of go back and just maybe assess and address a little bit and just kind of review whether or not they're still actually value there, whether your customers actually value them, whether they actually want them. 
even sometimes it's like, well, this used to represent 80% of our business. Well, does it still? Will it still? And so those are the kind of things from a leadership perspective, when you're the owner and you're working on your business sometimes and not in it as much, you're kind of looking ahead and saying, hmm, is this the future that I see? You know, or is it the future I want? Right. That too. Yeah. Yeah. Because wanting what you want is perfectly good. That's why you're in business, right? You're, you don't have to be accountable to somebody else to do their wishes. As the business owner, you can shift and pivot based on your wishes and wants. And that's okay. Choices. That's mm -hmm. why we go into being in business, isn't it? Is to be sure. able to make those choices. You know, it could be that you just need to step back and go, Actually, I really enjoyed that. That was a change and that was different. And, and I can see more profit in that, which ultimately would give you, you know, the opportunity to get more people in your team to give you the freedom that you want. So it's all so simple now. <laughs> it's not, it's, you know, these are frameworks, right? And, you know, I think it all starts with clarity. So is it simple to do all that stuff? No, it's not simple to, but. If you can't think about it properly and you can't arrange it into some simple frameworks, then it's even harder. And I think that's the idea of pulling these little pieces apart and saying, hmm, how can I take this great big thing and make sensible chunks out of it so that I can begin my journey towards where I want to go? And here's how you create your promise, by the way, you know, what, whether any of the promises, but it's really a simple three-step formula. One, what problem are you solving? Two, how do you do it uniquely versus any of your other competition? And three, how do you make your client's life better? So when you think of your promise, what problem are you solving? How do you do it uniquely? And how are you making their lives better? Because they won't buy from you. They won't buy your services or goods or any of that sort of stuff unless they can see a better life through that. So how do you arrange everything, all your products, all your services, all your processes, all your people, to that. And the more you do that, the more profit you obtain, right? And so when you look at that promise piece, it's really, it's really, really interesting because we can flip it back into your own life as the entrepreneur, as the business owner. What's the promise to yourself? And take that. And then we're structuring in the same way, the products, which may be your business, the process, how you run your business and what you're going to do, and the people, all those people we've talked about, whether they're personal or relationships, uh, personal relationships or business relationships, all around to create the life that you want. And the profit of that is the life. It's your life. And that's why you got into business. So to me, that makes everything full circle is, the, is this idea of the fact that as entrepreneurs, as business owners, our lives and our businesses are blended. And that's okay because it's our business that helps us create the life that we want. And helps us helps us deliver that back, whatever that may be. And we and it's a tool that we can use to have the life that we want to live. So we need to, just like anything else, maximize that tool the best that we can and enjoy doing it in our love it zone as much as we can as well, so that we can have a better life and and leave a legacy, whatever that legacy may be, because everybody's is different. You know? It's my my philosophy that entrepreneurs are the backbones of their communities. So the reason I coach and help entrepreneurs free up their time and make more money is because I feel that if in some way I can free up their time and help them make more money and make them, you know, free them up from their business, that they in turn will probably end up giving a portion of that back to their community. They'll help, they'll join the Lions Club, they'll help 
big brothers, big sisters. They join the volunteer boards. They help with the church steeples. They, they help build the playgrounds, all of this stuff. If you look back into the history of your community, most of those things have been done through the goodwill of business owners. I'm not saying all, but a lot of it. And in my, my feeling is that if I can help those business owners do even better, in some small way, I've helped their community as well, because they are probably going to give back to their community in either time or money or both, and they'll make their communities better. So that's sort of my feeling around why I'm doing Simplifying Entrepreneurship. And I encourage anybody listening to this podcast is that, you know, think about what your legacy is and what you want out of your business on a little bit bigger scope. I'm not saying do it every day because it's a little bit out there, but you do need to have sort of some guiding principles around why it is you're doing what you're doing and what you want out of the profit side of things, not just the money. It's all about those other things too. Let me tell you about my Power Up program. An hour and a half with me and accountability later. It's by no means ever going to fix everything. But what it will do is it will allow us to find one area that's a key priority for you to implement straight away into your business and allow you to just see the other areas that you need work on. It's a great stepping stone into the 12-week building block program. Just book a chin wag. Let's have a natter and let's see how I can help you. I think we've got to that time in the show where I always ask every guest to recount that one conversation that you know changed something in your life or career. I think there's probably several, but the one I'm thinking about today is in a business. I I, I had mentioned we, we currently own some retail stores, but for a long time I ran service businesses. And one of the service businesses was a business where we did bathroom renovations and kitchen renovations and all that sort of stuff. And at the time, this is coming on probably 20 years ago now, I had a manager in place and we were going on a family vacation and we were going to, you know, I've got three boys, three young boys at the time. And, you know, we're taking off. And two days before we left, my manager said, I'm done. Knowing that I was going on vacation and gave me no notice and said, I'm done today. And I've got another job and I start tomorrow. And I'm like, wow, that's uh, big news for somebody that had worked for me for a few years and kind of expecting, you know, a little bit of notice. And we had, a, I thought, pretty good relationship and some stuff like that. But it was, it was at that point in time that I determined that I was going to do everything in my power to set myself up with a business that ran itself. And so that I wouldn't have to forgive or not forgive, but I wouldn't have to miss some of those key moments with my family when we, you know, didn't really have that many vacations at that time. It was a young, young family and all that sort of stuff. It's like, wow, I, I don't ever want this to happen again. And, you know, I'm not saying that we haven't had hiccups along the way, but it was really sort of an understanding of setting this thing up with accountabilities and cross-training people to be able to take over different things and having all these things set up so that I wasn't going to be always pulled back into every decision. And that's when things really changed for me and really started my journey as to, you know, the next sort of, I've been in business now since 1994 in a variety of different businesses for myself. And it's been a great run. And, but 
that that was one of the those sort of pivotal times where it's like I can't let this ever happen again because it's affected not only me but it's affected my family and my relationships are pretty high on my on my totem pole of of we as we talked about earlier right it's like business is one thing but relationships trump business so it's like mm, I don't want to let down my family it's always a harder knock isn't it when it's not anticipated when you can't see it coming yeah. you know that that person knows yeah. But they're completely pulling the rug. So, I mean, there was there was a variety of things that sort of came from that conversation. And looking back, I, I mean, at that point in time, I still would have had to do what I had to do because it was a smaller business. And, and you know, I was the, the other option was just close down for a couple of weeks while we went away. I mean, that was kind of where I was at. But at, at the same time, it's just how do you how are you set up? And I'm asking the listener, how are you set up if something happens? Are you ready? And And that could be. You accidentally fall and break a leg and can't get into work for the next two weeks. Can you work remotely? It could be, do you have everything cross-trained that other people can act? And that's that process piece. Do you have everything ready for the next person to take over in every decision of your business? And if you don't, then just understand that you could be pulled back into the management and you need to be okay with that. And if you aren't okay with that, then you've got some work to do. And those are those are just those sort of overarching things. It's like, hmm, that's why I said earlier in the podcast around this idea about decisions need to be made at the lowest level of your business every time as often as possible. So that really, as the leader of the business, whatever level that is for you, whether you're one up or seven up from from the lowest level in your business on the accountability chart, you know, it's just you're making different sets of decisions. And is there anyone else that's cross-trained and available to make those decisions in your absence? Because the business needs to still open tomorrow and yeah, things need to happen. Ultimately, if you if you are not working at all, then your, your last P, those profits, how long can you not operate for before there is no right. money? And these are all things that a lot of business owners don't give really any thought to a lot of times until something happens. And, you know, I'm saying sort of in advance here, not to spend your waking hours worried about this stuff, but you no. do actually need to think about it a little bit and set up your five Ps in a framework that's going to allow you to continue to enjoy or to enjoy more freedom from those kind of things so that you're free to do what you actually want to do with your life. Very sage advice there, Pete. Very sage advice. So lots of homework for listeners today. You know, with all of these little frameworks with the five P's and the four A's, I love the assess, address, align, assign. You know, <laughs> we could almost have a simplify entrepreneurship musical. There you go. Um, uh, which is great. A great way to, to remember it. I can get you on the guitar you know, I can get the saxophone out, you know. Nice. <laughs> I used to play the sax. Did you? Ah, well, there we are. It's a family tradition. I always encourage people to carry on the conversation, Pete, uh, once they've heard the show. If they've got questions and they can reach out to you, where's the best place for them to find you? We'll put the list of all the places, sure, sure. but the one place for you. The one place is speaktopete.com. So speak to pete.com and that will uh, hook you on to uh, a calendar link that links you up with me and a time that we actually sit down and have a chat for half an hour uh, on zoom and and you know we can go through some stuff and it's it's completely free 
and see if we're a right fit for further conversation. Um, and alternately, if you just search simplifying entrepreneurship, you'll find all sorts of other stuff. You'll find my website, my podcast and all, you know, YouTube and all that kind of stuff under simplifying entrepreneurship. Brilliant. Great domain. There you go. What do you think? Where does running a business start and end? Have you done the icky guy? And how do you spot your love it zone? What conversations are you having with yourself and how will they change now? Please get in touch, pop us a review and we'll give you a shout out on the show next time. 